0: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 246, The Value of Adventure Sports for Individuals, for Communities, and for the World. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt Linville. You know, we have a whole lot of new listeners that have joined up over the last several weeks, so I thought it might be timely to have a little discussion on why Adventure Sports. Why did we select the topic of Adventure Sports to make a podcast in the first place? You know, the Adventure Sports Podcast has a purpose. It's not just entertainment. It's not just a show. We decided to do a podcast on Adventure Sports intentionally. And I'd like to visit a little bit about that. So, for you, brand new listeners to this show, this is not going to be our standard format today. So, normally we interview amazing adventure sports enthusiasts, but today it's just going to be me, and I'm going to be talking about the value of adventure sports, the value of adventure, the value of connecting with nature and why the Adventure Sports Podcast even exists. I'd like to start out with a brief discussion about some of the comments that we recently received on iTunes. And by the way, we love it when you guys leave comments on iTunes. Uh, it helps us to know how we can improve the show, lets us know how we're doing. and It also helps us in our ranking on iTunes. You know, if we rank better, more people find the show. And man, the more the merrier. We're all about that. We love it. And, you know, we feel like our show has some real value that can help people's lives. So... I like the idea of more people getting the message, being inspired, and uh, having the opportunity to learn more about the adventure sport world. So I want to read a couple of recent comments, and one in particular I want to visit about. It's It's actually pretty cool, I think. So here's one that was by D2Morrow, Day Tomorrow. Love, love, love. A great podcast with amazing stories. Keep them coming. Thanks. We appreciate that. Another one, absolutely the best adventure show available, full of great info and amazing stories, hosted by true outdoorsmen who love their craft. Wow. Again, thanks a lot. That was by Ryan A. Brown. You know, we got a lot of those sorts of, of comments. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. And we love it. You know, obviously, who wouldn't like to hear great things about something you work so hard on? But we do have some negative comments, and one in particular came in, and it really got me to thinking And it's part of the reason why I wanted to do today's show. Why do we promote adventure sports? What is this really all about? So this one came in. I don't know if it was a guy or a gal by the name, but it just says, I cannot listen to this hipster rubbish, get a job. I cannot listen to this hipster rubbish, get a job. I appreciate that comment a lot. And it led me to do quite a bit of thinking about it. You know, adventure sports are actually... Controversial. Now, in our modern day, most people get it. You know, they like to watch X Games on TV, and people like to see racing and biking and this and that and the other, and it, it, it's entertainment, right? People kind of see that it would be fun to do something like that, but it's still controversial, and I say that because some people think that it just doesn't have any real value. Well, I wanted to talk about that just a little bit up front, and then we're going to spend a lot more time on the different ways that adventure sports do provide real value in, in people's lives. But in response to this one comment, I was thinking, you know, what would be the right way to address that? Cuz I get it. I totally get it. Some people might think that adventure sports are just hedonism, that it's just people that are showing off and and uh seeking their own pleasure and what good is it to the world? I gave that some thought, and a few things came to mind, but one thing that came to mind is think about your favorite band. I mean, maybe it's a rock band or a country band or some other genre of music that you really really enjoy. You go to a concert, and man, the people up on the stage, they give it 110%. They have to. They're trying to uh, entertain you, provide you with a musical experience, make some memories, and uh, it's to help you have a lot of fun, right? It's just entertainment. But who would go to their favorite band and say, Why are you wasting your time on this? Why don't you get a job? What is the value of the music? What's the value of the band? Well, the bottom line is it's, it's entertainment. That is the value. And people up on the stage playing their instruments, singing their hearts out, they are there doing what they love to do, and they're doing it to entertain and to provide a life experience for their audience, for their listeners. We get that. And so, you know, if the Adventure Sports Podcast was only about entertainment and nothing else, then I think it would have a lot of value. And the reason I say that is just because people are looking for ways that they can kind of pass the time and be encouraged and and uh, be distracted from the daily grind. So I really think that there would be a ton of value if that's all that our show is about. But the Adventure Sports Podcast is not all about just entertainment. Now, obviously, we seek to entertain. We want to do that. We want you to enjoy the show. We really, really do. But there's a lot more to it. Think for a moment about the, I don't know, 25 to 30-something-year-old who's working the corporate job, and this person is noticing they're starting to get a little soft around the middle, and man, the, the eight to five grind is just wearing them down, lots of stress, and uh, they're just starting to, to get that, am I really going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Sort of a question bouncing around in their head. I'm not knocking working at the corporate job. I'm not knocking, you know, the cube farms and all that kind of stuff. They have their place and they have their purpose, but what I am saying is that this person... You know, it comes home from work and plops down in front of the boob tube and, and maybe pops a beer or two and then it's it's back to work the next day. It goes on and on and on and, and, and a couple of years later they're even softer around the middle. And I hate to, to oversay this, but in the United States, we have a chronic issue with our health. The US is not as healthy as other countries around the world, and we have huge challenges with obesity, we have huge challenges with diabetes, challenges with heart disease, cancer, and lots of different types of what I would label as stress-induced illnesses. Well, if this person continues down this path, keeps gaining weight, keeps being more and more lethargic, more and more sedentary, then eventually that's the direction that you know, he or she would be headed in. We're talking about obesity. We're talking about potentially diabetes. We're talking about heart disease. All of these things. But what if that person is inspired by one of our guests to uh, to try to get up and do something different, to shake it up a little bit, because life has become so routine, so mundane. You know, maybe it's something as simple as, you know, what I'm going to go grab a tarp and a cheap sleeping bag, and I'm going to hike into the woods this weekend and spend the night. And at the time when they're in the woods, it's a completely different experience. Might be kind of uncomfortable. It might be a good experience or bad one, but the ground's hard, you know, and maybe they got cold, maybe they got hot. They're swatting the bugs and trying to stay away from the mosquitoes, and you're kind of like, I don't know. Is, what is this all about? But I guarantee you... The next week, when they're back in the cube, sitting in the office, they start remembering the experiences they had over the weekend, and they realize that was different. That was something special compared to the routine that I'd been doing over and over and over for years now, and the memories begin to call to that person. Let's go do it again. Let's go bigger next time, and maybe next time it is bigger. Maybe they get a full-blown backpack, and they get into backpacking and start doing longer trips, and maybe they start climbing mountains. Maybe they start mountain biking or, you know, they take up some other sport that they love. And you know what happens is that it feeds their enthusiasm. It feeds their joy. It helps them feel better about life. And they become more productive at the office. They become more productive in the work that they do. And they have something to look forward to, the next adventure, the next trip. And these trips start, number one, providing stress relief. Number two, physical health. Number three, spiritual growth. And as they continue down this path, they're gonna meet other people that also love the sport that they've gotten involved with. And then they get a sense of community. And that community is something that's often missing in our world today. We have social community, social networking, meaning online, right? We have all of the the various ways to stay in touch as long as you can do it through a, a glass screen of some sort. But actually spending time, real time with people, um, experiencing things that are common interests, it's very, very valuable. And it enriches life, right? So think for a minute, the, the path of a person might have been on was a path of lethargy and obesity, perhaps diabetes, heart disease. And at first, it's just a bad example for the kids, right? But then later in life, they become less and less able to care for themselves. And then it turns into, wow, the kids are going to have to take care of me because my health has deteriorated so badly. And you know what? Healthy parents raise healthy children. And people that don't teach their kids the value of being physically fit, their kids are much more likely to follow a course of an unhealthy lifestyle as well. The end result of that is We have generations of uh, people that are struggling in the United States with health, right? Well, adventure sports are a great excuse to get out and move, to use these bodies in a way that strengthens them and encourages health. And you know what? If you take up a sport like backpacking or, or just hiking or mountain biking or something like that, then you're going to want to be in better condition for the sport because you can enjoy it more. It will be the motivation that uh, helps you to exercise when you're not doing your sport. And when you're reaching for that donut, maybe you hesitate and say, you know what, maybe I could eat something healthier instead. Maybe uh, you don't drink quite so much beer or you decide to throw the cigarettes in the trash can. I don't know what it is, but the sport that you love, that you get enthusiastic about, will encourage you to adopt a healthier lifestyle all across the board. So now think for a minute. You've got the same person who adopts a healthier lifestyle, gets more and more physically fit. And the more physically fit he or she is, the more fun they have in their sport, the better they feel about life. And the more they want to try other sports like that, and that enthusiasm is contagious. Then their kids are going to want to be a part of what mom or dad or mom and dad are doing And now you've got kids that are being active and falling in love with some sort of a sport that they can enjoy for the rest of their lives. And they develop the desire to be healthier and stronger. And that passes on from generation to generation to generation to generation. So does the Adventure Sports Podcast have a purpose beyond entertainment? You bet it does. But it's not just about physical health, right? It's also about stress relief, mental health, spiritual health, Let's talk for a minute about stress relief. You know, if you bottle up stress on the inside, then it it compromises your immune system and it causes dis-ease, which becomes disease. And the medical community is realizing that now. We often think, oh, there's this bug going around and I caught the, the, the cold or whatever. But the reality is, we're generally exposed to all sorts of pathogens most of the time. Why don't you get sick? Because your immune system does an awesome job of fighting that stuff off. So, When you do get sick, why did you get sick? What was the cause? You know, it it might be that you just got the right bug that you were susceptible to, but I really believe in a lot of cases when we do get sick, then it's because our immune system has been compromised. So why was our immune system compromised? It was compromised because of our lifestyle in most cases. Not enough sleep, wrong kind of food, stress. And I'm emphasizing stress because stress is probably indirectly, the number one killer in America. Stress-related illnesses um, are are destroying people. It's why we get sick. So what do you do about stress? Well, stress played an important role back when we were marching through the savanna somewhere and and a lion jumped out of the bushes, right? We needed that burst of adrenaline to to give us the strength and the response and the, the, the keen awareness that we needed to survive an encounter like that. And that stress... That was induced that might be you know the fight or f- flight or flight that saves your life that is, serves a purpose it's very important. this type of stress was short term and it it caused people to take action. you would run, you would fight, you would do whatever you needed to do to survive the situation, and you would burn that stress right out of your system. It only was in your body, you know the hormones that create that stress response were only in your body for several minutes, and they probably saved your life now. Let's say you don't have a lion jumping out of the bushes. Let's say that the stress is a boss that's wigged out over due dates and productivity and constantly wearing on you, or it's just way too much work and too little time, or it's sitting in traffic waiting and waiting and waiting for the traffic to clear enough so you can go home and finally put your feet up. Whatever it is, that kind of low-grade constant stress just builds up in us, and our bodies start to release those same stress hormones that were intended for fight or flight, that were intended to allow us to do something for a short period of time to survive a dangerous situation. But we, with this low-grade long-term stress, don't tend to jump up and fight a lion or run away from it. Instead, it just stays in our body. And those stress hormones stay in our body. And that causes our immune system to be compromised. It causes our joy to be robbed. It makes our happiness go away. That long-term, low-grade stress is a silent killer. And it's just nefarious how it can destroy a life. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because adventure sports address that directly. When you go out and you do something you love to do, you're breathing fresh air, you're in a different set of surroundings than you're normally in, You're doing an activity that's fun and active. Your body gets to work. Your lungs get to breathe. Your heart gets to pump. And those stress hormones go away. And when they do, joy starts to come back into your life. Not only that, but often you get endorphins that come along for the ride. And endorphins are healing and give you a sense of well-being And so why not go do something you love to do? I mean, maybe you're just going to jump on your bike and ride around the block a few times. Go somewhere where you haven't been in a while. Take a hike through some open space. Look at all the different flowers and animals, the birds, the insects. Or look at the sky and enjoy the sunshine as it shines down on you. The wind, as it blows through your hair, you just take your cares away. So that stress reduction Is amazing for your health. And I think that in the United States, probably as much now as ever in the history of the U.S., people need a way to reduce stress, to burn off that energy, to get rid of those damaging stress hormones so that they can live lives that are healthier and more joyful. You think about it, when we were in agrarian society, people worked really, really hard every day for their food. And there was the stress of, are we going to have enough money? Are we going to have enough food to eat? Is the weather going to cooperate with our farming, et cetera? But the hard work offset that stress, and it allowed people to be physically active and to burn off the stress and to enjoy being outside and all that sort of thing. Then during the Industrial Revolution, we were kind of robbed of that. And then as we became more of a communication society, and in our modern age, Most people, when they work, they're pushing electrons around on some sort of a circuit board. You know, they're tapping the plastic keys. They're sitting in a cube that, I don't know, is about the size of the inside of a large automobile. That's their world. So tiny, so confined, and so far removed from nature. Isn't it time to go outside, kick off your shoes, and run barefooted through the sand or the grass? What about letting the mud squeeze up between your toes? Isn't it time to dive into that cold river and yeah, just feel it refresh your soul, you know, and then to climb out on the bank and let the sun bake you dry again? Isn't it time for that? Time to feel the wind in your hair, to breathe? That's what the Adventure Sports Podcast is really about. Bentgate Mountaineering, located in Golden, Colorado, has been outfitting backcountry travelers for the last 20 years. Winter is in full swing, and it's prime time to check out the latest in alpine touring, telemark, NTN, and splitboarding gear. Bentgate carries the premier brands, including Black Crows, DPS, Dinafit, G3, Icelandic, K2, Rocky Mountain Underground, Rosignol, Solomon Voli, Never Summer, and Jones. With more people in the backcountry than ever, it's crucial to be prepared. Bentgate has the latest in avalanche safety gear from beacons to airbags. Come in and they will set you up with the proper gear and point you in the right direction to educate yourself on snow safety. If you don't own the gear, Bentgate offers a full range of rental and demo equipment including the latest skis, boots, splitboards, beacons, shovels, and probes. Bent Gate also hosts free demo ski days at local resorts to give you a hands-on opportunity to ride the latest gear. Be sure to check
1: BentGate.com for their full product selection as well as updates on all of their events. The 180 Flame is the ideal alternative to bulky and fragile gas-burning camp stoves. The 180 Flame utilizes fewer parts with minimal weight and maximized reliability. The locking tab and slot design means there are no hinges, welds, or rivets to fail you in the field. Cook your food and boil water quickly using only small amounts of natural fuels, including twigs, grass, pine cones, and leaves. Weighing just 6.4 ounces, the 180 Flame is the ideal alternative to a backpacking stove. You can find your new Flame at 180TAC.com or a retailer near you. 180 Flame. Think big. Pack small.
0: I was raised in a home that was really focused on productivity and hard work and and especially helping others. But I was raised in a way that I guess it, it made me think about everything that we did in terms of, was I helping others enough? Was I being too selfish? You know, that's kind of a heavy load to put on a kid. And I'm not being critical because I think we do need to be more conscious about how the world lives and what our place in that world is, and how, as part of the whole human family, we can make wise decisions for everyone and make a difference on the planet. But let's set that to the side for just a second. You know, it it was kind of a, a guilt trip, because it made you stop and think, well, if I'm having fun, then am I somehow being wrong? The reality was that I always loved adventure sports, and a little bit later, I guess I was probably 13... A friend of mine found out about a uh, long-distance bike ride in Oklahoma called Free Will. And Free Will was a ride for road bikers... 10 speeds, 12 speeds, and they would haul of your gear in the back of a semi, so you had to pay a little bit so they could haul your gear. They had a sag wagon in case you couldn't make the length of the day the distance that day. Then you could jump in the car. They had medical people on hand if anyone got hurt, and everyone would camp in ball fields, and the Boy Scouts would make the pancake breakfast in the morning. Small-town Americana Amazing rides with 2,000 other bikers. We started doing this every year, and I absolutely fell in love with it. 500 miles in a week, and we would come off of that 500 miles feeling refreshed and stronger. And it wasn't that it was easy. Holy cow. I think about biking in 90% humidity when it's over 100 degrees. The wind is in your face, and you're going uphill. And an awful lot of that ride was just that. As any road biker knows, that's what you face whenever you uh, take to road biking, It's not always ideal, but man, at the end of that ride, we would feel so strong. We feel like this huge sense of accomplishment, and our bodies just felt refreshed. The stress, gone. No stress. That led to all sorts of other adventure sports in my life. You know, I took up mountaineering and backpacking and snow caving and and downhill skiing, and it just goes on and on. But the point of that is, I always had this conflict going on. I went to go buy a new road bike, and I bought a pretty decent bike for its day, and it, it was not cheap, but I had worked hard and saved my money, and when I got the bike, my dad was looking at me kind of crossways. He couldn't believe that I spent the money on a, on a bicycle. After all, remember, there are people starving in Africa somewhere, right? So let's go back to what the guy said. I can't listen to this hipster rubbish. Get a job. Is that where that attitude comes from? Is it that maybe this guy or a gal right? Maybe they were thinking that it was just a waste of time, that adventure sports were all about blowing our own horn or or people just playing when they ought to be a productive member of society. I mean, who knows the background of, of the people that have that feeling? I respect their opinions because it's very valuable to help us to consider why do we do adventure sports? And can you go over the top? Can you get out of balance? What about all those people that do need help in other places i mean we could educate people we can uh, work politically to try to make uh, their circumstances better we can go and treat them medically we can also go and just offer compassion and support we could we could help raise money to dig wells for clean water we could help to raise money so that medical care and education would be more prevalent in places that are that are deprived of those benefits right now we could do all of those things and spend all of our time pouring our hearts into making the world a better place but wait a minute if we were to do all of that would that not be a life experience adventure travel interacting with cultures and communities would that not be a type of adventure sport it is zach smith was on the show uh, just a, a couple episodes ago talking about that very thing one of the things he stressed was that it's not for everybody You know, it's not for everybody. But I would say this, everybody has something that they can do to make a difference in the world. And I've come to realize as the years have gone by that each of us has interests and skills and we each have something to give, but everybody has something to give based on their own talents and interests and skills, right? It doesn't make any sense for a dentist to go design bridges. It doesn't make any sense for someone with great, civil engineering skills to go work on teeth. We wouldn't do that, right? We pursue the things that are powerful and interesting to us, and in so doing, we become very skilled at it. We find opportunities to help people in our way. So, you know, there's some people like uh, Alan Carl. He was on the Adventure Sports Podcast a while back telling us about his story of riding his adventure bike around the planet and what an impact it had on his life. And matter of fact, he's going to be on the show again soon, and I'm really looking forward to that. Fantastic guy, uh, amazing stories. But here's the thing. He wrote a book that shares his journey and also shares recipes that he collected from around the planet, different types of ethnic foods that people uh, enjoy in their locales, and he is promoting that, but his message is about you know how we're all humans together, and he shares the stories about his life experiences, which help, which help us all to understand what's going around the world. It builds awareness, and it builds compassion, and I think Alan Carl, by riding his motorcycle, is making a major difference in the world today. Why not? It's awesome. He brought back the field reports for the rest of us to, uh, to experience, and I know that his story— makes other people want to get involved. Maybe it's not on a motorcycle. You know, Maybe they're more like Zach Smith. They want to go help medically or, or dig wells, or maybe their forte is in the world of politics. Maybe that's where they're going to help the most, is that they're going to get involved in political office, and they're going to try to uh, support legislation and agendas that make the world a better place for everybody. Maybe you're a teacher, And you know that your gift is teaching, and maybe what you're going to do is teach kids about the planet or go to these locations and teach English as the second language or teach health skills. A lot of our guests do the sport that they love, that that they do the thing that they're passionate about, and they use it to uh, build awareness or to even raise money for worthwhile causes to make a difference in the world. I mean, if you're going to go climb a mountain, you know you can get sponsorships, not for yourself, but that people will say, yeah, if you get to the top of that mountain and do what you said you're going to do, I'll give you 50 bucks to donate to XYZ organization that's making a big difference in the world today. So a lot of people are using the notoriety that they've gained from their adventure sport or just the fact that they're out doing these adventure sports to uh to raise money and to be able to share information to make the world a better place. I think that's awesome and I encourage everyone to think about creative ways that you can give back. You know, when we get to go out and have fun doing an adventure sport that we love, right? When we get to go do that kind of stuff, it's really really good for us. It's really good like I mentioned for families and it's it's really good for the community that develops around that interest, that adventure sport. But you can always remember, you can make a bigger impact in the world if you want to by uh, looking outside of the box a little bit and finding ways that doing your sport makes a difference for others. And I think that when we consider the bigger picture, then uh, you know it helps us to find that balance. And I think the the issue, this is kind of funny, but if you think about most people today, the balance is not that they're spending too much time on their adventure sport. That's not where they're out of balance. Where they're out of balance is that they're spending too much time in the cube. They're spending too much time with their nose to the grindstone, and they're not living life to the fullest. And until you live your life to the fullest, you're not going to be able to uh, make the impact that you could make you know, in the world today if you feel called to do that. There's also uh, another area I think that we need to spend some time on here with adventure sports. Most adventure sports take place outside. Uh, most of them are, are in nature, and so you have experiences that you don't get when you're, you know, living in the subdivision or, or in the downtown high-rise or, or wherever it is that you may live. When you go out into nature and you reconnect with nature, then, wow, that's a that's a level of education you can't get otherwise, and it's hard to describe in in just a few words. But I think... A brief summary might be that, you know, nature is our true home. Nature is the source of our sustenance. And there are delicate ecosystems and balances and gives and takes and symbiotic relationships and so many different things that are required for an ecosystem to thrive. And until you go out and you experience nature and you see it and you understand it and the kind of impact that humans have on nature, then uh, you may not be aware of how important it is that we be good caretakers of this beautiful planet that we've been given this this blue marble circling around the sun you know we we all know that the world is a much smaller place than it used to be part of that's because there're more of us on it part of that's because we now have technologies that allow us to be just about anywhere you want to be in a few hours and you know it doesn't take months and years to go see the world anymore it's easy for us, I think, now to see that the world's not as huge as we once thought it was. People used to think that you could just dump industrial waste into a river, and that the river was so big and the oceans were so big that nature would just take care of that. It would just be diluted and go away, but now we understand that's not the way it works. Now we understand that we have to have responsibility, and while we are working to build new products and and services for our societies, we're working to make some money. We're working to, to feed our families, you know, in all sorts of ways. But as we live our daily lives, we now understand that when you have nearly seven and a half billion people living on this planet, that that's an awful lot of people that use a lot of resources and can definitely change the planet for good, Or for ill, we learn that we need to work with nature in what I believe should be a symbiotic relationship, taking care of nature while we take care of ourselves. And uh, that kind of balance doesn't come out of ignorance. That type of balance doesn't come out of this um, old fashioned man against nature theme. You know, I'm going to interrupt myself for just a second here. While I was recording this podcast, I had to actually ship off my microphone for repairs. So if this sounds like a little different sound quality, it's because I'm using a portable digital recorder for the remainder of the show. So anyway, back to what we were talking about, that kind of an appreciation for nature doesn't come from this uh, humans have to conquer nature. It comes from people getting into nature. And when people spend time in nature, then it kind of becomes a part of them. and, And that type of a connection is so beneficial to help people to understand how to care for our planet. I think it gives perspective, too. Helps people to understand the bigger picture. You know, we get so locked into our daily grind, whatever that may be, but the routine kind of gets repetitious, and we, we look back over the last week, month, year, years, and it all seems like it's just been a constant cycle of same things over and over and over again. Whenever you take on an adventure sport and you stretch yourself a little bit, you go outside of your comfort zone you learn so much about yourself, and you connect with nature and the world around you. It gives you perspective that you would have forgotten otherwise. It might give you perspective that you never would have known otherwise. And that perspective is so valuable, you know, not only for ourselves, but it's valuable also for us to understand how to care for nature and how to care for other communities and other peoples around the planet. When I was in Africa, I was in a little community called Curicho. And we were there for, I don't know, a week or 10 days, something like that. And a bunch of hardworking people there, I tell you. But there was one guy in particular. He was in his 70s. And every time we saw him, he was doing some challenging, hard work. And he worked long and hard out in the sun. One day we went up to meet him, and he was plowing a field to plant corn. And he was using an ox and a hand plow. And he was just such a neat guy, inspirational. But he let us have a a turn trying to plow his field with that ox in the hand plow. And I made one lap around that little, probably half-acre plot, and I was done, exhausted. And yet he's out there hour after hour after hour, sometimes all day long, doing just that. A man in his 70s. And I think that his connection to nature... Being outside and being active was probably the reason why he was so healthy. It's just rare to see people um, in our world here in the U.S. that can enter into uh, those later years in life and still have the ability to do things like that. One day I decided that I'd go down and help uh, get the water. And usually it was the children or the women that would go down and fetch water for the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and what have you. And uh, it was tough. They would carry buckets or containers down into this super steep gorge, this valley, probably about a mile from where the houses were in the community. And when they got down there, they would fill up these containers, like five-gallon containers, with this muddy, cow-trodden creek water. And then they would have to lug it back up out of that deep, deep gorge, For over a mile to get back and and that's just so their families could have something to wash with and cook with and it just kind of highlights how critical it is that we use the modern technologies that we have to get clean water to communities in Africa and it's just crazy that there are people that still have to live that way on our planet today when we have solutions easy solutions that solve this for for everyone and and can help so much with their health and their life enjoyment and that sort of thing. But that said, we got down to this creek bottom, and here's this same guy, this same 70-something-year-old super hard worker, but this time, instead of plowing fields, he's planting trees. And I was touched. He would never see the benefit from those trees. He was planting the trees so that there would be cooking fuel for future generations. He was putting them down around the creek where they would grow well and in an area where they wouldn't be cleared out for farming. And he was down there planting trees, not for himself, but for maybe his grandchildren or his great-grandchildren because he knew how important it was that we tend to nature and that as we do that, the nature provides for us. I was impressed with that. And it just made me realize that that long-sightedness, being able to see beyond the end of our own noses, to the world around us and the needs around us, and beyond just those that are around us, but we need to be able to see into the future those that will follow us. Are we being good stewards of the wonderful resources that we've been given in a, in a way that future generations will have a beautiful, healthy planet to live on and that their needs will also be met? That type of stewardship and that type of perspective is what comes from getting out into nature and doing adventure sports, traveling and seeing how people in other places live around the world, seeing what their needs are, and seeing how they function. And I really believe in that.
1: Founded and operated in Colorado, Catabatic Gear is driven by the premise that ultralight backpacking equipment should be made lighter through innovative design and advanced materials, not by simply stripping components. With intuitive features and the best, most advanced materials, Catabatic Gear's sleeping bags, backpacks, and accessories strike the perfect balance between ultralight weights and ultimate comfort that will change the way you think about backpacking. If you're considering lightening the load on your next backpacking trip, check out some of their award-winning gear at katabaticgear.com. That's K-A-T-A-B-A-T-I-C-gear.com.
0: If you're thinking about your future, think about Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado. Think a beautiful mountain campus where hiking, biking, kayaking, and snow riding are right outside your door. Think a friendly community buzzing with music, arts, events, and sports. Think faculty mentors, real research, and professional experiences that prepare you to both make a living and make a life. If you think college should be an adventure, think Fort Lewis College. See for yourself at fortlewis.edu. I already mentioned a couple of people that are doing so much good with their adventure sport. I mentioned Alan Carl and his cultural connections that he shares with us, Zach Smith, and how he's doing humanitarian work in Africa and other places. But I have a long list here. I'm just going to kind of race through it. There are so many people that have been on our show who've found their passion, and as they pursued their passion... They found ways that they could use that passion to make a difference, a positive difference, in the world today. Here's one, Leslie Frey. She was on the show way back two years ago, and she has an organization that goes off-trail on purpose. What they do is they take, especially youth, people that are trying to sort out life, you know, people that kind of need a sense of direction and and maybe a a good self-encounter, Well, she takes people off-trail on purpose, respectfully, through uh, backpacking hikes and camping trips through the wilderness. And the reason that she does that is because of the challenges that are encountered there and the way that they have to learn to work together as a team. And because by doing that, it it takes people out of their comfort zone. And she helps these people to have life-changing team and individual encounters that help them then to have that perspective to take back and apply to their everyday lives and make a difference. Uh, How about Brett Davis? He's doing the same thing for college students in Durango. He uh, is the head of Outdoor Pursuits there, and they take college students on adventure sport outings and help them to have those self-discovery and life-enlarging experiences as well. Uh, Scott Strode, Phoenix Multisport Scott's focus is to take people with substance abuse disorders and give them something to focus on and a new goal to pursue that helps them to overcome their addictions. Beautiful, beautiful success story here. Anyone that's been clean and sober for 48 hours is welcome to go on his events. He teaches mountaineering, rock climbing, other types of team sports, camping. He gets these people out and focused on a different way of living, and he's making a huge difference in the world. Dave Weens is a champion mountain bike racer who actually even beat Lance Armstrong in the Leadville 100 a couple of different times. And Dave Weens lives in Gunnison, Colorado, and he works there at Western Colorado State University and is doing the same sorts of things as Brett Davis, except Dave Weens, his programs are a little bit more competitive. He teaches students how to mountain bike race, how to uh, ski mountaineering race, how to do endurance racing type events and uh, the students are getting huge benefits there at western state joe mobley joe has a youtube channel and he teaches uh, self-reliance techniques and wilderness survival techniques on his youtube channel does product reviews and things like that but he's helping people so that if they find themselves in a bind without all of the normal support that we get from our society today that they know what to do they know how to get by and survive and and how to be successful, whether it's being lost in the wilderness or how to manage it when a storm comes through and, and takes your power out for two weeks. So Joe Mobley, I think, making a real difference in the world. Tom Smith with Summit Adventure, he takes people on on uh, mountaineering trips and various type of adventure sport trips so that they can have the same sorts of encounters where they can learn more about themselves, but he does something else that's really cool. He takes people on cultural immersion trips where they go to developing countries and plug into the local cultures there and see how other people live. And he's changing lives, story after story, of how people are so deeply impacted by the trips that they went on with him. That's Tom Smith with Summit Adventure. Here's Kate Rao. She is the founder and director of the Colorado High School Cycling League She loves mountain biking, and she loves kids, and she's been working with those two things for many years. She set up the Colorado High School Cycling League and gave high school students all across Colorado and now in parts of Wyoming and New Mexico the opportunity to have an alternative to doing just a team sports. I mean, what do you do if you're not on the football team or the basketball team? If you're not in track, what do you do? Well, she gave people a new opportunity to connect with a sport that can be a lifelong benefit. And so these kids train with their coaches on mountain biking rides, and then they go to mountain biking races. Such a positive, affirming atmosphere, community developing with the kids, and these kids falling in love with a sport that gives them reason to be healthy and to make wise life decisions. And it gives kids something to do. You know how some kids really need that that uh, something solid to hang on to in life. And so that's what Kate Rao is doing. Anna McNuff. Anna's such a fun person. She ran the length of New Zealand, both islands. She recently has been biking across South America. She goes on all sorts of amazing adventures and is encouraging other people to go out and do adventures too. But one of the things that she does is she connects with schools along the way when she's traveling and she goes into, uh, especially elementary schools, she holds assemblies, and she's a motivational speaker. She tells the kids that they can do anything they set their minds to. She shows them how they can go and do amazing feats and really helps them to understand that they're not stuck in a box. They can make decisions and pursue big dreams too. And I love what Anna McNuff is doing there. Kate Leaning, similar, does... World Adventures, one of her uh, most recent goals is to bike across Antarctica, which is amazing. And she's been working toward that. Uh, She teaches kids in classrooms from the field via satellite link. So she teaches classroom lessons while she's adventuring around the planet to, uh, again, inspire and encourage kids. And to teach them science and about the ecosystems where she has really, really cool stuff. Brett Rinesmith is a world explorer, a mountaineer, and he donates his time by helping organizations that take youth into nature and teach outdoor skills, and he donates his time to do that because he feels like he has gained so much from his world travels and from his mountaineering and his connections with nature, and he wants to be able to share that love and that passion with kids and other people so that they, too, can have a, a more... Active, enlarged, adventurous life, right? How about Robin Benincasa? Robin Benincasa is an Eco Challenge champion and did adventure races for years. She is a motivational speaker, and she started Project Athena, and Project Athena is so cool. She sets up mega-event adventures like going rim-to-rim-to-rim, to rim to rim, hiking on, on the Grand Canyon, and you would say, well, a lot of people could do that. What's the point? Well, her point is she's taking people that are cancer survivors, people that are, are trying to fight uh, life-threatening illnesses, and she gives them these goals and says, we're going to not only get you well, you're going to be at the point where you're going to do things that you couldn't do before you were sick. And she's giving people a reason to, uh, to set a lofty goal and to overcome the challenges of all sorts of life-threatening illnesses. That is Project Athena. Very, very cool. Greg Rawling. Greg Rawling was uh, the coach for the U.S. cross-country ski team for the Paralympics, and he's worked with the Paralympic organization for many years, helping people to not only overcome a physical disability, but to even go to the Olympics and compete there. Awesome, what he's doing with people to give them uh, opportunity and purpose and joy in their lives. Leon Logothetis, he's the guy that motorcycled around the planet in a yellow motorcycle with a sidecar on the kindness of strangers. And he wasn't doing it to bum his way around the planet. He was doing it to make real connections with people. And as he found someone that was that had a need, that was making a real difference in, in their local community, then he would find a way to give back, um, to help build an orphanage or to find housing for a homeless man or various things. But as he traveled around the planet People that helped him, he was able to then make a real major difference in their lives. Really, really cool. Brian Baker, another humanitarian guy, goes out and he has built orphanages. He found homes, gets sponsorship for the the lost boys out of southern Sudan, and gets them plugged into a house and a home where they can hopefully grow and, and make a difference in their world. One of his focuses has been to fight against the sex trade. So he rescues prostitutes and finds safe houses for them. Amazing stuff. He also goes into communities and he helps with health options. So around Africa, various countries around the world, developing nations where people really need the assistance and the help. That's where you'll find Brian Baker with his sleeves rolled up, working hard. How about Matt Feeney with Adaptive Adventures? Matt Feeney takes people with physical disabilities and challenges and teaches them how to do adventure sports in an adaptive way. So maybe uh, someone that's paralyzed bikes by pedaling with their arms or they can go rock climbing or especially he loves skiing. He teaches people that, uh, that they can ski no matter what their physical challenge might be. And he's giving people an opportunity to enjoy the, the freedom and the excitement of adventure sports after they've endured, you know, huge physical challenges Uh, When someone has some sort of a traumatic injury, it's a life-changing event, and boy, it can be hard to bounce back from that. But he takes these people and says, no, look, you can still do all this great stuff. You can even do it better than before. And so that's Matt Feeney with Adaptive Adventures. And there's so many more. I don't want to go on and on and on, but if you want to hear these shows, you can always go to adventuresportspodcast.com. At the top, there's a link that says Episode Categories. If you click that... It makes a real easy way for you to find the episodes with these people. You can do a control F on your keyboard and type in a name or a sport, and those people will pop right up. So that way, you can find out more about these people that are using adventure sports to make a difference in the world around them. You know, if you go out and you pursue your passion, whatever it is, it may not even be adventure sports, but go pursue your passion. You'll find ways through that passion to not only care for yourself and your family, but to make a positive difference in the world. And if you deny yourself from being active in the things you love, and you just kind of work doing the drudgery of the things you don't love, then what kind of a life is that? So I love it that we have had the opportunity to interview so many amazing guests who found that by doing what they love to do, they can make a difference in the world for others. Really, really cool thing. So that's more about what the Adventure Sports Podcast is about. It's not about just going and playing. The Adventure Sports Podcast really is about making a difference for yourself, making a difference for your community, making a difference for your family, making a difference in the world, and I believe in it. So when I say, get out there and have some fun, now you'll know what I mean. I do want you to have fun. Absolutely. Go have fun. But I'm also saying, go get healthy. Go burn off some stress. Gain some perspective. Become a better person for your family and your community. Make a difference in the world around you. Find ways that your passions can help others. Learn to connect with nature. Learn to take care of nature. Learn to leave this world a better place for future generations, etc., etc., etc. Thanks for listening today. And hopefully that gave you a little perspective about why adventure sports really matter. And hopefully it gave you a little inspiration to go do something. Find your sport, right? And thank you so much for your time. And as always, until the next show, get out there, have some fun. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. Please do tell all your friends about the Adventure Sports Podcast. Thanks again. Take care.